Well, hello everyone, my name's Todd, I'm the pastor here. However, either to your excitement or hopefully your dismay, I'm just kidding. Um, I am not going to be preaching today. Um, and that is, listen, I love to preach. That's the one thing I love to do. I love to talk about God. So and the reason I say that is, is in order for me to, to be willing to give this place up, uh, I have to believe in the people that are doing it. So this is the last message in our perspective series. If you're watching from home, you can go back and, and listen to those. And we'll probably do this annually. And essentially, perspectives is an opportunity to hear a different perspective as people within this congregation. I've even had some people reach out from outside our church and said, I would love to come to your church and share my perspective. So we may do that too. But we're on the last message in this series for 2020. And we're wrapping up with a guy who I love very dearly who... Uh, funny little story. Um, he is like a brother to me in many ways, but he's not actually my brother. But we went to a Mexican restaurant, as we often have done, and a waitress argued with us, and I'm not exaggerating, he could tell you this, for five minutes, telling us that we were brothers and that we were lying to her, um, because apparently we look alike, so you can be the judge of that. I mean, um, But if you guys will give him a hand, and let's get excited for what he has to bring today. <laughs> All right. Man, that was like Hulk Hogan talking, tagging in macho, man. I'm super excited to be here. Um, as you guys know, I was up here earlier, and here I am again, so you're welcome. No. Um, so, my <laughs> woo. so my message today is called uh, Why Doubt the Miracle. Um, you know, it's really cool being able to be part of this First Perspective series because, you know, getting to see all these other people's perspectives on, you know, bringing, you know, they brought these questions and they were able to give you guys perspective on, hey, this is what I think. And so, honestly, it's truly an honor to be in front of you guys. I just want to say that first and foremost, to be able to come up here and just do that. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys, and I love you. So when I was 16 years old, I started drinking. And isn't it odd how so many teenagers, including myself, went straight to the liquor? We weren't in it for the taste. We were in it to get wasted. I was guzzling down the Jack Daniels and Jim Beam like it was some high-quality H2O. Why did I do this almost every weekend? The young me would justify my behavior with, it's fun, or it's with friends. It's, that cool, it's what the cool kids are doing nowadays. <laughs> and I fell right into that culture. I did. Looking back, if it was so fun, why would I sit and cry if I had too much to drink? It happened a lot. My friends could attest to that. They're like, AJ, he's the, he's the cry drinker. <laughs> That's what they would say. I was running. Inside, I was a scared little boy who didn't understand why nothing made him feel whole. So I tried to cover the pain. It started with the drinking, but then came the smoking. It makes Taco Bell so much tastier. <laughs> I laugh a whole lot more. <laughs> I sleep really good. <laughs> Maybe these things were true, but it faded. It faded every time. And in the midst of all that, I decided, you know what? I really want a woman. So I dated a couple girls here and there over the years, putting my love on them. I'm sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> if you guys have watched Real Talk, you know I can't read long things, so this is a challenge in itself. Okay, so yeah, putting my love on them and giving them all I had. I was manipulative and I was a coward. Any serious relationship I got in, I was a little boy making her my everything. 
And embarrassingly, my everything was, <laughs> it was, it was very little. It wasn't squat. But I continued to ride the roller coaster. When I wasn't getting the girl, I was searching for stardom. I wanted to make my life about music. I always wanted to be against the grain. <laughs> little did I know that being a Christian is truly against the grain. So I did that for a couple years to no avail. There was no substance, no substance behind it, despite having a glimpse of God during that time, which I did. It was a cool, cool little glimpse that God always showed me that, man, like I'm here, and I just didn't understand it yet. I eventually settled for regularity. I'll put a lot of air quotes in this because <laughs> you get the picture. Um, after high school, I got into construction. Yeah, A.J. Knoll is a construction worker. If you guys know me at all, you know that I'm not good with my hands. <laughs> Actually, quick side story, because this, this isn't even in my notes. I'm, I'm serious, and that's not even a Todd joke, because I know he does that a lot. This is not in my notes. One time, I was told to go pick up a bunch of equipment from different job sites, and by the time I got like 9 p.m., they realized I wasn't coming back. <laughs> because I didn't know how to do a ratchet strap. <laughs> And I was, way too, I was way too stubborn and prideful to go, I don't know how to use a ratchet strap. So I had to call my dad, like, Dad, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and he was like, just bring it home and park it. And then, of course, you know, the next day I go in the shop and everyone's looking at me like, come on, man. <laughs> um, so as the days turned into weeks and the weeks turned into months and the months turned into years, I was already 20 years old. Two years removed from school and life had already beat me up and said, you'll be nothing but regular. Depression was swelling inside of me. Uh, I had multiple failed relationships. I had no money. So I decided to take a chance, and a friend of mine asked me to move to Fort Wayne. A breath of fresh air was upon me. To keep it short, I'd slipped into more depression. Uh, further questioning the meaning of life, I was a zombie. Truly. I was working two jobs. I scraped by with much assistance. Much assistance. I hardly spoke to anyone. I hardly ate I would just lay in my bed. Um, I always remember a, you know, a time in that life where, a, a, time in, a part of that time in my life where I would always kind of wake up, do nothing, go to work, smoke like five cigarettes, not eat, go to work, and just repeat that process over and over again. I wouldn't see people for days. And it was, it's weird being, trying to put myself back in that place. It almost makes me emotional because... Uh, I'll get to that later. So, oh, let's see. I told you guys, I'm a bad reader. <laughs> I hardly ate. Yep, there it is. I'm getting there. One second. <laughs> I remember through so, much t uh, through so much of this time, I battled with thoughts about death. Now, I never thought I was suicidal. I didn't think I was allowed to think that way. The day finally came when I was sitting in my car at my apartments, and for the first time, I said out loud, I said, I said out loud, I said out loud, I want to die. I cried. A lot. I finally let myself see the true state of who I was and where I was at. It all felt useless. I was just another guy who had all this potential in life that threw it away and spat on it. I was dead. And do you guys know what I mean by dead? 
I was destined for hell and didn't even know it. I was going to God on my own merit to plead my own case. And I would have been guilty. But a miracle happened. What is a miracle? An event that surpasses the expectation of reality? A person who overcomes impossible circumstances? The very breath you just took? Many of you have your own definition of what a miracle is. Do you believe in miracles? Are you a believer of coincidences? Do you see the moments in life that seem like there was absolutely no way out and boom, a solution out of thin air? And then say, nah, man, it was just luck. It was your lucky charm. Also, the fact that people believe in lucky items but not God is kind of crazy, isn't it? Do you really think life just happens and then you die? Come on, man. <laughs> so, oh, I think I got something flipped around here. If you're a Christian, I hope you're asking yourself this question and taking it seriously. Because I know your knee-jerk reaction is to go, amen, I believe in miracles. Then why don't you believe God was right in telling your brothers and sisters about that sin you struggle with? Is it not a miracle to overcome? The first verse I'd like to share with you guys uh, is from the Apostle Paul. Uh, he was in Asia. He was proclaiming the gospel boldly. I mean boldly for two years. It says every day he was in the synagogue reasoning with ones who didn't believe. And Paul's faithfulness, this happened. This is Acts chapter 11, verses 11 to 12, and this is ESV. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons that touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Now, this is really funny. It's a funny thing to share because of last week's sermon, if you guys weren't here. So, uh, and I, I swear this was not planned, so this is crazy. So this was the end of Todd's series called Heresy. In, in it, he mentioned a ministry selling a prayer cloth. It, was, it had supposed powers of miracles, but for the low cost of a minimum of $50. Profits made in the Jesus business. You think Paul sent letters to those asking for a gift from the ones who he, he healed? You don't think a price is to be paid for those who use Jesus' name for no other, anything other than the gospel? So let's go ahead and continue on after verse 12. This is, uh, so we'll start back in at 13. Then some of the, oh boy, man, I literally tried to practice this word. <clears throat> itinerant, did I say it right? <clears throat> then some of the itinerant Jewish, Jew, Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the, by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so they fled out of that, fled out of that house naked and wounded. They tried to use the name of Jesus for their own sake and consequence occurred. What kind of faith is it to do such a thing? Newsflash, by the way. 
Us Christians who are acting like that doesn't apply to, your, to this story, you do this every day to some capacity. Where do miracles begin? Miracles begin in your heart. Do you really believe in this? Do you believe in the power of our creator? Do you believe in who Jesus Christ said he was? If so, then why do you think God can't help you get out of anything in this life? Because if he doesn't, he isn't real? You're missing the point. God is God. He knows better, and he knows you better than you know yourself. You know what really wigs me out and will probably wig you out too? The fact that God doesn't need you for miracles. He chooses to include us because he loves us. Do you look at the happenings in the Bible and view them more as stories? It's all real. Moses was used to part the Red Sea. Moses existed, a real human being like you and I. You've heard it a thousand times, I get that. But is it, is it a reality to you? Do you ever think about the ocean being split? Just think about it for a second. The Red Sea average depth is 1,608 feet, average. God made a miracle for the faithful Moses. And I haven't even gone into the miracles Jesus performed. With Jesus' faith, he fed thousands with five loaves of bread and two fish. He commanded a sea storm to subside, and it subsided. And that's just a few. So I ask you the question, why do you doubt the miracle? While you ponder that, I'm serious. Take a second. Think about that. Why do you doubt the miracle? I'm going to go ahead and finish my story. I was introduced to this church. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Nope, just kidding. Sorry about that. I was introduced to this, story, uh, to this church. <laughs> Before coming, I had been to church a handful of times my entire life. And a couple of youth group sessions with my friends, which was weird because I was like, they would ask me, and I was like, oh, I guess. Sure, I'll give it a shot. In those times, I had felt looked down upon, judged, targeted, and honestly turned off to the idea of Christianity. But when I stepped foot into the remnant, I had the total opposite experience. I was noticed, cared for, and the least judged I'd ever felt from Christian folk. <laughs> so I kept coming, and my ears were opened, and I was taking the gospel in. My life hadn't changed, but I knew there was something about this Jesus guy. Now, I know that you guys are used to, you know, super long messages and, you know, sitting here really getting, you know, digging in. But, you know, sorry, this is my first one. So, uh, <laughs> Mandy's going to come up and play some music. As time went, I started really understanding what church was. It was much bigger than just a Sunday evening. It was life. I gave my life to Jesus, I'd say probably realistically two years ago. I've been a believer for close to four. My eyes were opened. My heart had changed. And as I've walked down this path of continuing my journey, I stand here, not a perfect man, but a sinner saved from hell. And I'm just here to tell you that I'm a miracle and that you're a miracle. Did you know that? That you're a miracle? The creator of the universe, God, sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, 
you, you, you, you, you. You must be pretty miraculous at such a price. Nothing in this world defines you. No deed, no sin. It's always been your heart that defines you. Which is why your heart is the key to receiving the gift God has given. Eternity with him. The Bible says if you confess with your lips and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Period. Saved from what? The eternal separation from God. That is hell. Remember, guys, you are a miracle. Our salvation is a miracle. Life is a miracle. Let's start living like it. Now, before I go off the stage, I just want to let you guys know that we do a thing called altar call. That's a time where you guys can come up here and if there's something that you need to pray about, you know, maybe you don't know Jesus and you want to know him and you're scared. I was that guy too, you know, not to copy Todd, but I was. I was that guy. I didn't grow up in church, you know. I always thought it was weird. He says, man, it's a little weird. It is weird. But if you were just, if you were willing for 30 seconds to make yourself uncomfortable and come up here and pray with somebody, no matter what it's for. It could be the smallest thing, it can be the biggest thing. It could be, man, I want to know Jesus, but I don't know how. We have people up here to pray for you. So guys, please, please do not leave the same way you came in because if you do, you're choosing to.